Hey guys, how's it going? This is Cohen. I'm here with uh, Matt for the, our second installment of the Where's the Fowls podcast. Um, we're going to be covering kind of most stuff right now. Yeah, uh, touching on the, uh, most of the sports, the major ones in North America anyways. Exactly, right? We need, we need to get somebody in here for the, for the you know, premiership and whatnot because we're acting like it doesn't exist right now. I know. We really need to get most yeah. in here for a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I mean, a, a team president's being charged right now with the whole, uh, with the, I don't even know what it's about. I'm assuming it's the whole signing, what happened right. there. Right. Uh, yeah. But I mean, either way, interesting story that I know absolutely nothing about. Exactly, right? <laughs> this is why we need Mosin, man. That yeah. guy's so, uh, he's all over the place. He's so busy right now. And I mean, he's probably writing six articles at once. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but considering the NBA season just started. Uh, Which is exciting for a lot of people. Yeah. I, for, I Honestly, I was watching a Pacers game today. Right. And I forgot how much I love watching basketball. Right, okay. I was yeah. watching the the Pacers playing the Nets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, I'm like, wow, this is just fantastic to me. <laughs> um, what I find, you know what? In all honesty, I find that I'd rather watch the NBA games that are supposed to just be like whatever games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the NBA especially. Because like it's such a superstar-driven league. Not to say that, like, it, it sounds so arrogant to say that I think sometimes it's a superstar. Every league is a superstar. Yeah, of course. But I mean, in terms of the, the, the league is really kind of keyed off of you're marking your calendar not to watch every game of your favorite team, but you're like, Cleveland's in Boston, which we'll touch on, right? Oh, you know course, what I mean? Yeah. But you're, 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 it's, well, that's more important than the fact that you're just following, you know, you're a Knicks fan. Yeah. Because I guess nobody wants to admit they're a Knicks fan. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's it, it's it's weird that way, I find, with with almost basketball exclusively that way. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, really, the NFL is the only other one that's so star-driven, and it's for a completely different reason. But I because think the balance, there's only of stars, one... the balance of stars in the NFL is better. Well, but you think about it. In the NFL, it's because you only really see the one or two main sure. guys. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas in the NBA, it's you see everybody, and as a result, it's only the one or two big guys that stand out. Well, and the other thing, too, is out of the you know four major sports in North America... Um, is that right? Let's we'll see if I can count. Yeah, properly. I mean, what? Baseball, hockey, baseball, football, hockey, football, basketball. Uh, basketball. Um, you would say that the, uh, out of out of those, football is plays the least for sure, least <laughs> amount, right? In the NFL. So again, watching all the games makes more sense on a Sunday, th- you know, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, yeah. kind of Monday night sort of thing. Um, so you're, I guess that that's why it's okay for it to be such a superstar driven because, like you said, you don't see them as frequently. Yeah. For the NBA, I think it's the only sport that plays as many games as it does up in the 70s, right? They're yeah, 82. Oh, they're back. To, they went to 82 they, as well. Uh, yeah. They're so, trying to shorten it to 76 or 72. They're trying to shorten it down right. to, but it's still up in the air. Okay. So 82, which is the same thing that the, you know, the NHL yeah. plays. But uh, I think with the NBA, I think the disparage of like superstars legitimately on teams is, is, is a little less. There's a little smaller pool of where you're superstar. Yeah. And I mean player that deserves to be a superstar, not your favorite player on a team. Of course. <laughs> you know but what I, mean? like I do love in in that regard, I mean Paul George and uh, Melo leaving their teams really opens the door for Miles Turner and Porzingis to take on that mantle. Right, and, and you, you hope, right? And and, and uh Oladipo, Depot. Oladipo, yeah. Yeah, like who's looking fantastic right now. Yeah, I mean, what, in the first half of today's game, he had 17 or, t- I think, 18 points and four steals. Yeah, there you go. And you just, you look at him, and he looks comfortable. But again, with Westbrook, it was, who's this joker? What of happens course, to this right? player? Well, right? even with Orlando, I mean, he was playing off of Dwight Howard or off of Nikola Vucevic, and mm-hmm. it was really hard for him to have that. I mean, neither of those guys spaced the floor well. Yeah. I mean, having Miles Turner as your center and right. having him be able to spot up from three-point range and, and, and really just opens up mo- the entire mobility of, of him compared to a Howard where you're going to find him in one place. In one right. Place I mean, it really yeah. opens up the court for him. He looks fantastic. Um, and I mean, you know how I feel about Westbrook. This really just backs up the idea that, I mean, I, you can't ignore what he did last year. I mean, no. you know that it's almost statistically impossible to get a triple-double over the course of a season. Right. But I do not believe that he makes other players better, and I think we see it. And I think it's one of those situations where it was like, 
you know, in the 90s, Matt Stajan was the top center for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Was it because he was a, a true <laughs> top center? No, but like, I mean, you put your best players out there that you got in the position. That was the best player. Obviously, he's 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 a, a solid player anywhere in the league. He's a superstar. But like I, like I was telling you earlier, there's 10 players, I think, I'd rather on my team over Westbrook. Okay, I, I, rem- I, I remember it as well. Right, yes. So... Name ten players. Okay, this, like is to this is tough. This is because I, you know what, I, and, and you know what, give me credit because I, after I said that, I didn't grab my phone and be like, oh man, who am I going to look at? So ten players that I think I would rather. If you're going to take ten guys, so yep. who's your first guy? Like, who's your number one guy that you would take? It's got to be Steph Curry. Okay, I can see. Of course, the the obvious. It's got to be Steph Curry. Uh, okay, so Steph. Uh, who else? Still Braun Braun. Okay, yeah. You know, best so, player in the league. And we're saying this is. Let's say this is right now. Going into this season, you're putting them on an average, let's say, two year contract. Or even say, yeah, yeah, taking, two years. Like, okay. like let's say, like right now, I'm making the signing as in I have to push my team over the edge to win a championship. Okay. Right. So he's your guy. Yeah. Um, so you're just a 33 year old LeBron James over Westbrook. Sure. All right. All right. For two years. Okay, absolutely. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't leave for LA, huh? Right, yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so who's number I, three? I still K- take KD. KD, I, yeah. you know what? I definitely would. Yeah. I think that OKC saddled themselves to the wrong horse. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why this this question has been so glaring is because it was such an egregious mistake by the uh, Oklahoma, City Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder. So, for number four then, are you going with another OKC cast-off? Uh, James Harden, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, Which, yeah. Right. Maybe it's the double effect of the Westbrook <laughs> being like the player that shouldn't have been picked twice. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> this is why I'm always a little upset about Sam Presti getting so much praise. Right. Because like, yes, of course, Paul George and Mello, great. Mm-hmm. But you had Paul George and Mello only better in Kevin Durant and James. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right. So we've got like Curry, uh, LeBron, we've got Harden, we've got KD. Who's number five? Number five uh, has to be Kyrie Irving. Okay. Uh, and, and again, this is going to be his proving ground, but it has to be Kyrie Irving. Definitely. And you know what? I, I'm i excited. I'm excited to see what Kyrie does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's proven that you really don't become a great point guard mm-hmm. until you're in your mid to late 20s. Right. Um, everybody wants to look at Kyrie's first years when he led Cleveland as his... And, and again, his skill set is ridiculous. Like, I mean, Westbrook doesn't score the points he does if LeBron's next to and him. And you know it what? really is straight up just not happening. I think, I think Westbrook doesn't have the mentality that Kyrie does. Right. I mean, he's a little out there, but it seems like he's got his head in the right place. Mm-hmm. So that's five. That's five. I think now in the back five, we're getting into some iffy ones. Some, well, who's... some definitely call into question right. because I hate Westbrook, right? <laughs> who do you have? <laughs> so who would be next? Um... I, I would definitely have to say uh, Antonio Davis, the brow. Oh, Anthony Davis, or definitely. An- sorry, Anthony. Antonio. Definitely. Anthony Davis, the brow. Um, I, I just, honestly, I think... Does the injury history scare you? Uh, it, it's a big man thing. I, <laughs> I think that you, it always comes with being that big and having to play that breath of basketball. Yeah. Which I hope that Cousins, like, I mean, hold your breath, because I don't know about Cousins, but... I think that's what they're hoping is Cousins kind of solves that. Yeah, I think that they kind of balance themselves out maybe. And and again, you've talked about it before, just management, minute management. For big guys especially, I think it's important. And definitely with Alvin Gentry there, yeah, that's what we were talking about. The... the, uh... The Mike D'Antoni disciple, yep. and D'Antoni's always been really well known for you know kind of rotating minutes yep. and staggering his star players. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they. Do. Um, I, I, I'd take Kawhi in San Antonio. Kawhi, uh, definitely. Like, I, yeah, I I'm think he's. Sorry. Is he is he lower than Anthony Davis? Do you think, or would you take him? Before I think that, like, honestly, if we're going to go trying to rank them right yeah. now, you said off the top of your head. Of course, of course. No, that's why, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. wondering. Like, um, we, sh- we will see with Kawhi still. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing with Kyrie. We'll see with those players. Well, like, well, let's see them on their own. It's interesting because... So Jonathan Simmons left San Antonio this year. Right. Um, Corey Joseph left San Antonio a couple years yeah. ago. And... You notice that when people leave pop, mm-hmm. they suffer. Right. So I, I, you know, like I think Anthony Davis is a is a better talent. His injury history scares me. I think Kawhi Leonard is great on San Antonio. I don't know, man. Like the difference is, is like it's even tough. even with players like that they've had in the past. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on their names, but um. um 
Yeah, but I know like, what you're talking uh, about. Um, what's his name? Very European player. Uh, oh, uh, Thiago Splitter. No, not him. Point guard, uh, oh, still playing. Manu Ginobili. Yeah, Ginobili. I've never... He, he talks about Ginobili in a very cerebral way. You know what I mean? Like, Ginobili is... Um, he's very smart. He's patient. Plays good D. Those sort of things. That's, yeah. that's how he... But when he talks about Leonard, man, it's like... This is one of the best players in his position that I've seen. Period. And 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 he's not one for that. You know what I, I mean? Know Pop what isn't. And there's a different way in which he talks about Kawhi Leonard that makes me listen. I get and then that. you see what they do as a team that shouldn't in any other city with that lineup. They're not doing what they do, but it's San Antonio of and course. it's Pops. It's the organization. And, and again, he he's got that you know Scotty Bowman from the Red Wings uh, kind of ability to take guys that maybe don't get picked so high and just turn them all into a united team. Um, in, in like well, I mean, San Antonio they, really is the anti Westbrook, but we're going long on that. No, no, right? no but, but definitely, man. And I yeah. think that their shooting coach—they were one of the first teams to get a shooting coach mm-hmm. and that. Really revitalized Kawhi's right. career, but again, it, it, it's it's re- strictly within the way that Kawhi Leonard is talked about by Popovich. But I can totally see that. If I yeah, honestly, if I was building a team and it was between Russell or Kawhi, I think Kawhi's an easier player to right build around. I, I, to absolutely. build a successful team around. I think he's an easier player. And again, we're talking about we're not necessarily just talking about one on one skill. We're saying who do you want to build your team? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I think Kawhi at the position he plays with the defense he brings mm-hmm. as a two way player. I think it's a lot easier to build a, a successful team. And, and I think it's going to be one of those funny things where in a couple of years it's going to be like, you're kidding me, Kawhi was that low on your list? And it's like, <laughs> no! But... <laughs> so what about, okay, so that's seven. Yeah. We've got seven now. I think mm-hmm. that's a really solid seven. Do you have another three? Um. Well, again... Because, like, I'm getting into peripheral players. I'm thinking maybe he's going to pick, like, what, John Wall? Other point guards? You know what, and, that, and that's what, that was... Going to be good call. That was going to be one of the next guys in the next couple picks. I was going to talk about Wall. Yeah, I think John Wall's um, a great one. Wall, and again, Wall's injuries issues that scare you and other things. But on, honestly, Wall has taken a, a, a team that has been mired in mediocrity. The Bullets, now the Wizards. Like Because we forget about how oh, bad yeah. this team has been ever since I was born. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, the Bullets to the Wizards, right? Like, Jordan couldn't even save this franchise. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't 23, Jordan, I don't give though. a shit. You know? <laughs> He's uh-huh. still Jordan. <laughs> um, and, I mean, he still went back to the Bulls after that yeah. and did bring a championship, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, Jordan couldn't even save the ball, uh, the bullets, and then you've got John Wall show up. Man, and, and I just... think if you're taking, I think if you're taking somebody to build your team around, this is this is me part as a part as a fictional owner, and yeah. part as a fan. Sure. I mean, on the one hand, he plays basketball at just such a high level. Right. He's gotten so much better every year. He's yeah. gotten you know become a better distributor. Right. He's developed an outside shot, and then also. I mean, if I'm going to be watching all the games, I'm going to be watching in April and May and June, I want to watch John Wall just destroy people's lives. Right. Like, watching him step over Schroeder and and just give him the business after that dunk last year yes. was one of my favorite playoff moments. Well, and also <laughs> this. I mean, it should be a kind of duh option, like with what we're talking about. Who would you rather build your team around? OKC, who's gotten much worse since giving over the reins to Westbrook, or the Wizards after getting John Wall. And, the and they kind of entered the league at the same time. So, I mean, it's kind of proven that actually Wall should probably be number one in that pick, this is right? The thing, right? Like, at this point, it becomes very subjective because, like, I get it. From a personal standpoint, yeah. I would much rather have John Wall, but from a business standpoint, we're getting into guys that really it's a toss-up. I think Wall suffers just because of the market he's in. Honestly, is you know playing for the Wizards is never going to be sexy. Yeah. And 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 because they haven't been able to have established success quite yet, um, I'm just saying that they've come a lot further back than OKC has, and right. they've they've done. Very so well. we've got two more spots. Open. Two more spots. This right? is the All NBA team of a lifetime. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Two spots. Um, I man, Towns is just such a different player in terms yeah. of 
what he represents in the NBA. This is the true NBA we're talking about. And I think about. he was number one or two on the um, on the owners and the GMs list right. of cornerstones to build it's around. It's just the problem is he plays in Minnesota. You know what I mean? But, and, but and, that was <clears throat> the problem. But look at me. I mean, that's going to change this year. Th- that is going to change this year. Between him and Wiggins, that's an and all-star Butler team and, ready to, I mean, to go. Well, yeah. Butler was the perfect injection for that team. Because right. not only did they need defense from somebody... They needed somebody who requires defense from his teammates. See, and for me, as my all-time favorite player being KG, Kevin Garnett, oh, right? Of course. I, I always did kind of follow the Timberwolves. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm a Timberwolves fan all No, but, but I mean, come on. The same way people who watched Iverson were Philly fans. Right, absolutely. The same way people who watch LeBron now are Cleveland, Cleveland fans. Cleveland fans, right? absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, people, yeah. You, get, you have to appreciate greatness for Absolutely, you're right. And and so I, I definitely have to put Towns on that list. Now, Towns is still really raw in terms of what he's doing one full season, I think, in the NBA. Two full two. seasons okay, now, yeah, but I mean, the the last season really was. I mean, he was, showed a lot of promise, and then I. It's weird they had because they have a good team there, but they fell into the trap of playing for a bad team where they started racking numbers and slacking on defense. But if they had really locked in on defense, I mean. That's a borderline playoff team in the West. The, well, I'm not even saying borderline. I'm saying don't write them off at all. Right? Like, well, not even, with, I mean, last year. I mean, now yeah. now they're a surefire playoff team. Yeah, but right. last year, I mean, they were borderline yeah. in the West. Surefire in the East. And, and, but again, West. youth is going to cause that issue. And, and, and so we're at nine. I did nine off the top of my that, head. I right? got to say, and, that's and impressive. Legit. And, I mean, there's a couple of guys on there that I would still, even not as a Westbrook fan, there right. may be a couple of guys on there. I mean, right, right, I yeah. think Kyrie is, the jury's still out on him. Yeah, and I understand that. Anthony but like, Davis and Kawhi, I think I'd still take Russell, even though I don't like him. But mm-hmm. I think that that's a pretty good list of guys there. That, yeah, that, that aren't take. just, aren't hate fuel. Like, yeah, that's what I'm right. trying. I'm trying to legitimately, and I mean, I'm talking too as not a hardcore NBA Guy, you know what I mean? I, I mess. I'm gonna mess these guys' names up. I don't watch a lot of, of NBA, course, right? Uh, but I'm just saying, from what I've seen around the league, as a former big fan of the NBA, um, those are the guys that I think are, are the the past, future, and present of the 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 NBA right yeah. now. And I mean, we still got a couple rookies right now. I mean, if the balls have anything to do with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh you man! You know what I mean? And like, the, so you know they've got the uh, they've got the Lakers over under for wins at I think thirty seven and a half. Okay, yeah. Um, what do you, would you take the over or the under for that? I mean, again, Coming into their first it, game it's tomorrow. such a loaded question. Like, let's talk about this in 10 games, which is easy. I'm saying they're still going to be a terrible team. I'm saying that teams in the NBA need to gel. I, I, they don't have an identity. And not having an identity as a team in the NBA is look at the Westbrook-led OKC Thunder, right? Well, I think they should have been that bad. They last year they won, they won, what, 22 games, sure. I think it was? So. What, they're adding 15 to it? So who did they add? Uh, Kuzma, Ball, of course. They added uh, Brooke Lopez now. Mm-hmm. They dumped Timofey. Like, did they make a bunch of lateral moves? Probably probably 9, 10 wins. Does anybody remember Kobe's first year? I mean, we talk (laughs) about Kobe like we do, but can we talk about the air balls in the first year of him on the Lakers? I think it's a little That was not a good Lakers team, man. The difference was they brought in a a small dude named Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal, which changed the fortunes of the Lakers. Kobe then became the player he was supposed to, but I'm just... Okay, Matt, are you trying to equate Brooke Lopez to Shaq here? Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm saying there's some big holes before Lonzo Ball becomes... All right. So, so we're saying we're, Lonzo is off the list for now. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so who comes I, in at number 10 then? Uh, um, you know what? Number 10, I think it was a little much for me to say 10. Um, I'd really have to reach into players that I think are uh, uh, just as much a good player as they are just affected by good systems. Okay. So, yeah. you know what I mean? System, yeah. I, but I even, uh, I think most players in most major well, leagues take a look are at system the, players. Look at, look at the Milwaukee Bucks, man. Like, we were talking about this team. Oh, and, so speaking of which, do you leave Giannis off the list? I don't know. See, for me with Giannis, I don't know that player enough. I don't. I like to make that call. That would be more of a you interject thing, on a player right? that you. I feel out like I feel like I would split out Anthony for Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I think re- I think your list is good. Okay. I think John Wall was my guy that maybe both of us agreed on his borderline. 
Um, but I think from a from a drive standpoint and the ability to kind of because we saw with Bradley Beal that he can kind of be a cohesive unit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, even if you don't necessarily like each other, you yeah. have that ability to play together. I think that's something Westbrook hasn't shown. Yeah, and, that, and that's my point. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a borderline guy for me, but definitely Giannis. I think makes the list for me. Yeah, okay. Cool. Is so it, that would be was he your ten? No, I no, I can't say it. I don't know the players well enough. Um, but so I, who makes in ten for you? Uh, I, I ten ten would be Westbrook. Okay, ten there would we go. be Westbrook. There we you go. So I mean? you got nine. Yeah, so I that's got still nine. that's right. So like that's still a pretty good list there. You know, because I can't say Blake does it. You know uh, what I no. mean? And well, I can't say Chris Paul does it. <laughs> I guess we'll see with Chris Paul. You know I, what I mean? Thing, it's right? like Chris Paul is like very questionable. But I think Chris Paul's gonna uh, is the same. Uh, he's not as bad. Like I say, Chris Paul's better than Paul George. Definitely. I like Chris Paul more. But I think on a two-year contract, I would much rather have Chris Paul than Paul. George. Yeah, I, I feel like, I, and I think that's part of what uh, Westbrook's going to suffer from is like, like I said, it's like we got the ball hog syndrome of a century happening right now. And uh, well, I, Chris Paul, even I mean, the point god is still a major ball hog, right? Um, he is, but I'm just saying he he is a major ball hog. But he did play. Now. He did play more of a facilitator in. That's the thing, in, right? In, in I mean, LA. he's a selfish player inherently. I mean, if you try to take the ball from him in the last two minutes of the game, he'll he'll cuff you out on the sideline. Right, but, but I mean, his, there his is ability, a reason why there's a lot of alley you fucking right. His ability videos. to distribute is is far and away better than Westbrook's on a not necessarily on a numbers basis, but no. on a Giving it to the right guys at the right time. I think with the Chris Paul thing, game I, management. Yeah, and I think Chris with, Paul's game management is much better than Russell. It's much more mature. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, his it's a mature, selfish player, <laughs> right? His understanding of how to not—that's uh, the thing, right? Yeah. Chris Paul is selfish in the same way that Russell is. He's just way better at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and then oh, he, you know what? And 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 we forgot. Mike, actually, I got my ten player. Okay, who's ten? Hayward. Okay. Who's out? And unfor- like to build my team around, you just like that guy. That, you want yes. him in your dressing room. You want him on your team, and you're sad to see him. So go. I think I think that's the thing. So we're going from a race yesterday. Hayward definitely is above Westbrook on my list. Right. But I think that definitely does. I mean, there's no way we can ignore it. I think you have to touch on it. The Hayward injury. Yeah. Um, we don't know how bad it is still. Like, and you never do. And, and I just want to say, we have to start off by saying that was hard to see. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, tough... especially for a guy like that. I mean, that was heartbreaking. And and and, and the the, issue, the other thing too is is it's just really hard to see a foul that is a hard foul. And and, and in my opinion, and of and, and no, okay. I don't think that LeBron meant to hurt him. No, and, and that's I'm not the thing, saying right? that. I'm not trying to say that he should be suspended. And for I think it. both of us agreed on the fact that when we saw it, we both agreed. Yes, that was a hard foul. It could. It's a. It was a foul. Right. In my it's a foul, but that's a basketball. It play. is a basketball. You know, foul. I didn't look yeah. at that and say, "Wow, he shouldn't have done that." No. I looked at it and said, "That's so unfortunate." I, I, I feel so. I, bad. I, I. You know what? I look at that and I could honestly say LeBron could have avoided that kind of contact. But at the same time, he did make a basketball play. Yeah. And, and so, you know what I mean? And well, I don't I, think he meant the intent. It was a freak accident. It's just, in all honesty, like, LeBron sees what's going to happen. And he is a lot bigger. He doesn't need to take that contact. But in my opinion, that's what the NBA has also lost. Well, so, it's the NBA, <laughs> right? And, like, it's, it, there's a thousand. I think what it comes down to is there's a thousand of those plays in every in every, in yeah. every NBA season. But, it, I mean, and, and again. he's it, done that millions of times. Um, the, actually, it's just the size difference there, right? right? Oh, like, but, of really course. Is. But, like, it's such a freak accident. Because, yeah. actually, um, uh, Brandon, our uh, sound guy, was asking me the other day, um, what were well last night when we saw it, he was like, Oh, I wonder if he comes back scared from that, or I wonder if No, he, absolutely you not. Know, and absolutely that's, not. That was and really what that's what it came back to for me is the fact that well it's I think when you've done it since you were five or since mm-hmm. you were six, is you realize of course it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, and it hurts for a long time yeah. emotionally and mentally. But I think you get to a point where 
it becomes normal for you. you Actually, realize... a, good ex- a good example on what this can do on the uh, on the positive side, the positive scale. Look at Max, Max not to cut you off, sorry. Oh, no, 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 that's uh, fine. Man. But to think about it now, Max Pacioretty, when uh, Chara fills him in on the on the side boards, remember the hit, man? Like, broke his back, fucking in the hospital. That was, uh, Like, yeah. devastating hit. Um, and, and again, the debate of... Dirty, not dirty. The Montreal police got involved. All this other thing. For me, again, I would, I will always say that it was an, it was not an intent to break something. It's just a hockey play. It was a hockey play that always happens. The problem is, is when you get that size difference and bodies come together, bad things can happen. It would be honestly like me and me and Brandon running, running at each other, jumping for a basketball. <laughs> for it's the sake gonna, of reference, Matt is what six foot five, six, six foot four and a bit. Six foot four, and Brandon is five foot seven. Yeah, I'm two hundred six. I'm two hundred thirty pounds. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's a, it's like. It's like having an NFL linebacker run into a figure skater. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but or having a having LeBron James run into anybody. Uh, and you know what? And, and, run into and a normal guys, human being. People are gonna want to, and I and I implore people to like hold back on this, like calling for people's heads. Yes, there's an emotionally fueled game going on between Boston because of the whole. Kyrie Irving thing, and maybe if this was Irving, I'd question the motive behind it a little more. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I honestly, uh, you look at that, and you, all you can really feel when you look at it is it's just, just sadness. terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's just sadness for Hayward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and all we can do really is just wish him the best. Yeah. Um, I I hope he'll come back at full strength. I mean. I, I thought it was touching. I don't know if you saw Kobe Bryant's post. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. It was really nice. Basically, he just said, you know, he wished them all the best. And he said, you when you come back from uh, from an injury like this, and I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've torn my ACL, and I kind of know what he's speaking of on this length. You kind of, you realize the things that you took for granted before. Yeah. And he was like, you know, when you first start to walk again, and when you first... You you have so much more appreciation for the mm-hmm. things that you took for granted before the injury. He goes, and you're going to train harder than ever, and you're going to come back a stronger right. player. And I think we saw that with Paul George, where he really came back a, a newer version of himself. And like the point I was making before with Patch Patch was an okay player when this happened. Uh, when after the Chara hit, he became a legitimate all star in the league. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes, and for guys like this, this type of adversity is just that thing that they need. This might be the best thing that ever happened to him. Uh, this this almost tragic injury, like you said, talking about the guy who the kid from Boston finally getting right to go home. Uh, back with his coach from Butler. Right, he uh, could write man, this it was just better, a, right? Well, it was just a storybook season, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, first game. Right, oh, within the first five minutes, man, you yeah. gotta feel for him. And Kyrie Irving could you, I don't know if you saw it, but it was oh man, and Kyrie was crying into Marcus oh. Smart's chest. I mean, and you gotta feel for them. Absolutely, um, and, and again, there's such high expectations for that team. It's not even just like yeah, he I, was the only guy. Also with the Irving trade, that's like, the thing. I had them in at first place on our on our power rankings. Right. I mean, they they really looked like it was going to bring a level of parity at in mm. the playoffs. I mean, because we know that the playoffs now have just become waiting for Golden State and Cleveland to play each other again. Right. Well, it, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Like, this is the, the messed up thing with sports. I mean, we watch these, this to, to, to you know, and we, we emotionally invest in players, sure. But it's really at the end of the day now, it's like, that's the question. After this guy has this horrific indis- in, injury and this end to this, this sudden end to the storybook mm. year... <laughs> before it even gets started. I know. Now we're talking about, like, what does this do to Boston? Like, That's the like, thing, right? They I, I gotta, we got to give kudos to Brad Stevens, I think. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, watching the first few minutes of basketball after that happened, guys were missing. Guys were... Sh- they were short, short-arming everything. Yeah. And it's you can tell that they just... They weren't comfortable jumping. They right. weren't comfortable. Their heart wasn't in it. No. And yeah, I, Well, you we, saw the reaction after the injury directly. Right? Guys are like... They're looking away. They want... Oh. Usually, you know, the NBA is good for guys who go help each other up. So like, they're okay. I, I, but that I one could, was like... Also, everybody... Even LeBron looked over and was just like... And everybody had their faces right? covered. Oh, it was, man. It was bad. Um, That's brutal, man. And I've Cleveland, seen that one, Right? So. And Cleveland jumped out to that early lead. I mean, I mean, of course, Boston just had nothing to play no, for. No, the win's out of the sales. So um, and I think it was really impressive for Brad Stevens to get them back on track in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and really make that a competitive game again. Yeah. And show that... that 
the Boston really is more than the sum of its parts. Right. Um, do you feel like Boston still holds out that first spot in the uh, in the Eastern Conference? Because I think we really do have to talk about the outcome. Here, here, here's the thing. Maybe not, but I don't think it matters anymore. For Boston right now, is, a, is making the playoffs with this setback is a victory. Even though they still have a team that should easily make the playoffs, they're going to use this as their rallying cry, right? They're going to use it as that way to kind of bring players up and be like, hey, guys, we understand what happened to Hayward still with you after a tough loss, but remember, let's go out and win for him. Now, who do you think steps up in Hayward's well, absence? I don't know. I, I really don't because they gave up a lot of pieces to get to where they're going I to. I think the Jay Crowder, giving up Jay Crowder is right. a much bigger deal now. Absolutely. Well, again... Well, they, you look at who's behind him. You've got, what, Jason Tatum, the third overall pick from this year. You've got, or the second overall pick, right. sorry, from this year. That's You've got, right. Um, I'm yeah. sorry, I throw, that's who you throw in. Right, you, 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 you also you, have Jalen Brown, who's the third overall pick from last year, as well as uh, Marcus Morris, who they, uh, remember in the, in the Avery Bradley trade, they gave up Avery for uh, Marcus Morris, who they brought back. So now they've got, and he's, remember when he went toe-to-toe with LeBron in the playoffs, not last year, but the year before. Right, yeah. And, um, and, and so you've got some guys behind him. I think Marcus steps into that starting spot. He's the most proven option out Absolutely, but, sure. But but the thing, the, the, the point that needs to be made is, is everybody forgot about the debate on whether or not ball goes first, and, and legitimately so. Right? So, well, oh, right. No. So it was the third overall pick. That, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, Fultz, yeah. then you had Ball, then you had, yeah, uh, then so, you had Tatum. But again, Tatum is, is a... I mean, t- Tatum was the most polished out that, of those guys. And that's what was talked about. He was the better athlete, and he was the most polished. And, and again, his size is something that we also need to remember, but he, too. I mean, he still is only 19. I mean, the kid looks like a twig. Sure. And we're not talking about we're not talking about November basketball. But we're isn't talking it, about May But basketball. isn't this such a great opportunity to bring a player and develop them in the in the fire of you're going to be forgiven if you're not perfect because of the situation definitely <laughs> you know what do, I mean? do you think like, boston's in that position now where uh, they just absolutely. start throwing guys out no no no, no, no. These, you don't throw guys out but you specifically put the guy you just drafted if that's the case if he's not so, in like g league right that's the thing if you're gonna I mean, put if he's if he's sitting on your bench right now that's when you say hey young blood come here i think jalen brown's the one you got to put on the back burner i yeah. think tatum is is like is the kid you stick with yeah absolutely i think tatum looked great in, i mean it is just summer league but mm-hmm. i think he looked a lot better in summer league than Jalen did last year mm-hmm. I think and i think he's i think and honestly i think be a he's, i think he has a lot to prove because i feel i feel like everybody after ball in the top 10 feels like they're better than ball because of all the hype i i feel and like i'm not chips. saying that they Major are chips. i'm not saying that they are i'm just saying that they feel that way I think that everybody drafted in this year's top ten is going to have John Wall syndrome. Well, I think DeAndre, or sorry, De'Aaron Fox is going to have a huge bone to pick with yeah. the with the rest with everybody who didn't pick who him. Didn't pick him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he definitely displayed that he can outplay Ball one on one. Yeah. Um, of course, Ball really. I think with Ball, it's more about the culture he instills in a team. I mean, you saw what he did at UCLA. He really, I mean, he took them into the top, the top passing team in the league with guys who are really not great players. Sure. So I think that's what you look for. But, but again, I don't. I think, uh, I think you do have a major chip on your shoulder. Again, and, and but this goes to a whole other subject. I'm not going to touch on this too long. But this is the problem with hype players coming out of NCAA, and unlike hockey, where you have them actually coming out of semi-pro leagues and pro leagues. Is the fact that all this blah 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 about UCLA? Blah, yeah, you know why UCLA looks good because they get to pick their schedule until the NCAA makes it so that top teams have to play top teams. We don't. I don't even give a shit of what course. they're. You know what I but mean? But we're not so, talking about stats, right? I think what you what you get with ball is the again, it's a culture, right? You get one of the ugliest shots to be drafted of first course, overall, right? right? Well, like, that's why you have that's why you hire shooting coaches. I, Luke Walton came I over, guess, right? I guess. Luke Walton came over from Golden State, where of course they have great shooting coaches. Mm-hmm. They coach Curry and Thompson mm-hmm. and Green and. You know, so no, they, no, no. And, and I, and I, they, he has Petty. So I understand why LA took him because right. they have the system in place. Well, and, and, and the hometown to boy. help him, right? I'm just shocked that Magic made the pick. But I think we're detracting a little bit, though. Of course, I, I do honestly think that there's going to be 
a lot of rookies are going to really step up, and I think that you have a golden opportunity as the Boston Celtics well, to it? really kind of use this tragedy as fuel for a young player, right? Because I hate the idea of talking about these injuries in a way that is is not about the person's well-being, but mm. you really do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, that's what I meant. It's so fucked up, right? right? And a good coach, and Brad Stevens is a good coach, will we'll use this, you're right, to galvanize his players that, and more but that's that's manner. sport. That is the definition of sport is is overcoming adversity and and unfortunately, yes, personal uh, personal uh, feelings aside, on a player and when they get injured, it's how you get up. You yeah. know what I mean, and it's how the whole team gets up. Again, we, you know, we touching on Westbrook. It's like the fact that that team is down and he never he got up for himself, and that's a problem in a team sport. And that's the debate that's always going to be there. But that's what we're talking about with the Boston Celtics right now. This team needs to get up. We're yeah, actually yeah. going to see what really happened in this offseason with this team based on their reaction to this injury. You no. know what I mean? Like, can they survive adversity? Because if they can't, Hayward or no Hayward, this is not a good team. Now, if Boston does, for whatever reason, slip out of the playoffs, mm -hmm. who do you think takes that last spot? Because I think... I think there's a chance that Indiana might be able to hold down that last Indiana time. looked good tonight. That's the thing. Um, they look good tonight. I mean, I was a little sour on them, but I think if Oladipo can really break out this season, then that gives them a really good shot. Well, at here's the thing. The the thing that I, I felt the moment that the Paul George trade happened, it was the best thing that nobody was going to admit to happen in the NBA to any team this season. And the reason being is that Indiana, before Paul George, was such a such a move the ball, control the pace, take good shots, get back, play defense, repeat. They seemed to play that way tonight. There was the three ball was dropping, and you can't just drop the three ball. Not everyone's Steph Curry. If you're gonna play a, a three-point shooting game, you have to set up the shot. Think, you have to have decent enough ball movement for that to make a difference. I think they're pressure-free right now. Right. I think with with Paul George leaving, I mean, they're a small market team. Nobody's really looking at them right now. Mm -hmm. um, Everybody's given up on them. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly, right? Miles Turner. But, I mean, they, they still have. And that's the thing. I think taking back Oladipo was one of the best things they could have done. Well, yeah, you, I remember actually the day the trade happened. You mentioned that Oladipo is the, the kind of the black sheep of this whole thing That's right the now, thing, right? right? So you pair an organization that's been forgotten with a player who's been, been forgotten. been forgotten, right. And might have a bit of a chip on their shoulder respectively to be like hey no no no, no. I'm better than this right because Oladipo like he wasn't drafted in a spot I mean that he was he the second overall pick that's what I'm saying yeah he was he had promise he was he's always been known for being super athletic and mm -hmm. I mean in a league of super athletic guys right having the Where, yeah right having people recognize you as super athletic is no small feat so I think it's you a point. right. You start off there with a leg up. Yeah, I think he's always had great defensive instincts, which helps your team more often than not. I mean, look at Marcus Smart; he's made a career off of being a smart defensive mm -hmm. player. Yep. Um, not enough players do it anymore either. Exactly yeah. right, and I think we, he's always been that kind of great combo guard. The right. the kind of the essence of the combo guard. Really and, and, fast, he's, and he does have slasher. He, he has height for his position. Right, 6'5", right? yeah, at that point guard, shooting guard position. It's not like we're talking about where Lowry's always going to suffer from the fact that he's, yeah, he's smart and he plays, he tries to play defensively. The, the problem with Lowry is the fact that he's always undersized. That's right? the thing, he's right? He's, I mean, he's 6'3", or what, 6 feet, I think, which yeah. is never a good size for a guy no. on the wrong side of 30. And, uh, but, uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I like, again, it's, it's a wait and see, but I honestly would doubt the fact that, um, that the Indiana Pacers are, are a bubble team now. I, I think I definitely, people, I, people uh, especially in the East. Well, cause I mean, I, right now I've got Philly in that last spot. Right. I, well, oh. Philly, man, there's so much that could go so easily wrong. That's with, the thing. With well, the Sixers. this is what bothers me about NBA league pass. I yeah. can't watch any of the nationally televised games. And I really want to get a chance to see Joel Embiid before I can't watch him anymore because he's sitting on the bench again with another injury. Yeah. Right? Like, this is... I, I feel like there is... They feel like a, a house of cards. Right. Like, the 76ers 
just feel like a like a chandelier with one broken piece. Yeah, one like, like the, the, the center link, that that big crystal is the one that's always cracked, and right? then all these and other the, crystals. There's one link in the chain <laughs> that's just uh, you can see it bending. Yeah, and you're like, will it hold long enough for them to do something? Well, and I mean, the mistakes in the last five years that this organization has made is just like I don't know if you overcome that to be able to one have the players care enough to be a bubble team. Because right? oh, that's man, the other I thing where. I, th- I don't think that's their issue. No. I think they have they've cleaned house enough that they their team wants to win. Okay. I mean, you brought I've always in, been right, concerned about like with that like, organization. They, you brought in JJ Redick. You brought in uh, Amir Johnson. Guys who are there just to win. You know, like Amir Johnson's one of those guys who he's never he's he's not in the NBA because he's skilled. He's in it because he hustles. Hey man, I I I I, I like Amir Johnson a lot as a player. Right, <coughs> I would. I was always kind of saying guy. that. Uh, I think it's James Johnson. James Johnson, yeah, who used one, to play for Toronto. He's definitely. one of my favorite players in the league. For that, I'm not going to say he's going to be in your top 50, top 100. Oh, forwards, definitely, right. But what I like is what he brings to the. Of the course, floor right. The time. grit and that that hustle and that just mentality yeah. of if there's a ball that I can get to it. Yeah, mine. sixth man style stuff, right? right? And yeah. um, I think JJ Redick was a great addition for some veteran leadership. I think he's a consummate professional. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think you have to have an amazing work ethic to be the kind of shooter that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you bring two really great pieces to an organization with a young, talented team. As long as Embiid doesn't go down, and as long as Ben Simmons is half of what they think he'll be. Right. I mean, Markel Fultz is going to be a toss-up either way. It's his rookie season. Right. Um, but Ben Simmons is beating the think, organization. I think, I think that's right? the number one guy that you're talking about there. Is like the number two pick, which in my opinion was the number one pick if it wasn't for the fact that the Lakers picked first. Well, no, no, um, no. It was uh, the, what happened was Philly traded up with Boston. So Philly had the number three pick. They traded up to number one to get Fultz. And now Ball dropped to number two. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. My bad. Uh, yeah, I remember that. That was quite obvious. Because Ball, Ball shouldn't have been the number one pick anyway. I, I think but he should But he didn't work with Philly. Actually, you know what? I never understood why Philly didn't take him. Because, I mean, having Ball playing off of of Ben Simmons, I mean, that's really the system that he should be in as a secondary ball handler sure. where he can catch it and make the right There's play. been mistakes in the past, though, with not taking the best available player. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry, but Fult like... Fault is the best available. Player. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and and like you look at... You can talk about... That's the Colangelo style of drafting. He did that. He tried to draft the best player for his team. And unfortunately, what you need to do... It's, it, it's, it's like a backwards way, in my opinion, of drafting anything. Um, you need to draft who's available and who's going to give you the best chance to build around when you're when you're picking that high anyways yeah uh the only team that has ever had the luxury of drafting who fits in their team and they didn't even do it was the edmonton oilers for the last decade right because they got so many number one overall draft picks but they suffered big time from they drafted the best player and then all they all they had were all these offensively minded wingers that didn't want to do anything else yeah and now they had to get rid of they've cleaned house of like you know uh, three players that were all drafted in the top five, right? Yeah, which is on years, yeah, which It's almost unheard of, but again, it's like for them, they have stockpiled. So you, you draft the best player available unless you have some weird uncanny ability to draft in the top five every year, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> now, just while we're kind of on the topic still of basketball and just on the tail end of the Gordon Hayward thing mm-hmm. now, as a Raptors fan, mm-hmm. I do have to say... Mm-hmm. <laughs> That you, there's an outside shot of the Raptors oh, making a final. Here we go. There I was, was I was actually zero. kind of expecting you in the in the top, the ten players I think better to hear DeRozan's name. Come there's up. a zero percent <laughs> chance of them winning, but with, they might have a better regular season with the Cleveland with with Cleveland trading for Isaiah and the uncertainty surrounding Isaiah's hip. Mm. Um, because I mean, uh, an injury of that sort. I mean, it's been bothering. I don't him for like. Years. I don't like a hip injury in a young guy like that. And it's, man. well, it's, he's twenty nine now. But the thing is, it's been bothering him for what two years now. Right? Isaiah's twenty nine. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. That well, that's why Isaiah. That's why Boston didn't want to bring out the Brinks truck for right. him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why am I paying max money to a five nine guy who's already twenty nine and already for a has four year contract? Five nine. Yeah. That's um, right. So like, you look at Cleveland now. 
if Cleveland gets into a series in, against Toronto late in the playoffs, say we go back to a conference finals matchup, you now have Cleveland running, riding out Isaiah, mm-hmm. what, JR or Dwayne Wade, <laughs> LeBron, Jay Crowder, and Kevin Love. Yeah. Now that, if you have Jay Crowder in that starting lineup, other than LeBron and Jay Crowder, who is playing D for you? J.R. Smith. Is J.R. going to give you any defense? That's what J.R.'s... That's why, like, the fact that they brought in Wade made sense. Right? Because J.R. can give you defense off the bench. If he wants to. Well, he, then why the hell is he playing for a team and making millions of yeah, dollars? Okay? But like, like, that's on the coach. I'm but sorry. He's already is. said that he was upset that, that now he got taken out of the starting lineup. Well, he said, of course I'm upset. Yeah. So now you he have retracted real quick when he realized, you know what? I like these rings on my fingers that I seem to be accumulating right now. <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> if he was, if he was Courtney Lee, or yeah. if he was Jeremy Lin, right. or if he was a guy who has been known as a consummate professional, like a Ramon Sessions, a guy who's just he comes off the bench and he gives you bench minutes for for anything you need. You mm-hmm. need me to score, I'll score. You need me to play defense, I'll play defense. Mm-hmm. If he was Boris Diaw, I would say definitely. That's the JR that I know. But that is not the JR that I know, man. The JR that I know is the one that takes 30-foot shots with three guys on him. The JR that I know is the, the guy who swipes Harden style at people as And again, that's guy. why I totally get the Wade signing. Right, you but know what I mean? like, if JR can give you that defense, if you say, if you baby him, if you pat him on the back and say, JR, you you have this starting spot because we have faith in you. Mm, no, you I, know, think I that still they give just, him the starting spot. I think that they so. just turned JR into the bad version of JR. You know how he said earlier that DeMarcus Cousins and, you know, yeah, yeah, Russell yeah. Westbrook, they're those kind of guys where they're You think that's JR Smith as well? Oh, he's hands yeah. down, man. I mean, now he's in his 30s, so we've kind of seen nice JR. Yeah. But I think we've also seen starting lineup on a championship team JR. Yeah, but we've also seen we've also seen the change in guys like like look at Ron Artest. This is was this was the talk of guys like Ron Artest who still would have moments, you know, in their thirties where they'd blip up and they wouldn't shut up. But Artest understood his role as a thirty plus player playing for the Lakers, but I think right? He backed like, that up with his talk, right? And every, but all he still time he, he was, still came off the bench for the Lakers. He wasn't playing it, prime of time course, minutes with but Kobe. But after he came off the bench, he was saying to everybody. I'm okay with this. This is the role that I want to be in. Whereas Jr. now is coming off the bench and saying, I don't like this. Sure, but I'm and just... And I think that and, for and me personally, I'm, that's a red flag. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, but still, I'm just saying that, the, you know, this reminds me a little bit of Metal World Peace stuff, right? You yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, in all honesty... All I'm saying is like, the door's like, open. The, the door's door open. open. But not for the Raptors. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm not Come on. Who, honestly, honestly, I, I still... I, no, I think you're at Milwaukee probably. I, I, there we go. Let's be realistic about teams that I don't think the Raptors make it out of the first round in the playoffs this year. Uh, yeah, I think Milwaukee... It's all, match, it's all matchup for who they get. I think the Raptors are actually going to be better off for like... Getting a like a like a sixth seed, you know what well, I mean? That's what like, I'm thinking. So let's see. Well, let's see. So if I have them in the fifth seed, let's see. So we've got Washington in the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. Now, Toronto has historically had trouble against uber athletic point guards. Yeah, that's been their deficiency. While Lowry's a great defensive point guard, he's always had trouble fighting over screens against guys who are just really. Here's great. the biggest problem that Washington presents to the Raptors. Is the fact that the the Washington Wizards at any point can give you? They are like the transformer team, kind of like what's happening with the Pelicans. They can go small on you, yeah, and they can go big on you. Yeah, the Raptors sure. can go DeRozan or Lowry. Oh come on! Here, wait, wait, let's, okay, so yeah, if, we have, if we have Delon right in, let's say we have a big lineup. So mm. you've got Delon at point guard. You've got Lowry off ball. Mm. You have so you've got Lowry on Bradley Beal now defending, and you've okay. got and you've got Wright guarding yeah. John Wall, which I think is the best way to do it. Then you've got DeRozan, Powell, and Ibaka. Right. So let's say you put DeRozan up. He's a six-seven. Now he's a six-seven power forward. But yeah. on the other end, you've probably got Markeith Morris at center. 
Yeah. With Otto Porter at power forward, and now he's a six seven point sure. or power forward. Yeah. So then you've got John Wall, Bradley Beal, um, what Kelly Oubre but Jr. The, the with pro- Otto the, Porter this, and Marquis. And I get the matchups that you're making. The problem is, is when it comes into that fifth man position. In the fifth man position, no matter even with JV out there. Right, and I'm not talking. Like, about, I'm not talking you've got down. The big lineup, so you've got Gortat versus JV, who are very similar. But players. I take Gortat in terms of the fact that he just fills more space, and at that point, that's his job. You know what I mean? It's like the, it, it's the it's the setup, it's the defensive schemes that they have are more conducive. Even more, Scott the offense is a better coach than Dwayne and, Casey. and the awesome offensive scheme of what we see with big lineups, even with Dwayne Casey's scheme, is the fact that we find our big men. Up ours like Matt like it's mine no mm-hmm. like we find Toronto's D up at the three point line where when you see Washington go Mac and they change to that big lineup they play like a big team they yeah. leave Gortat down at the bottom and he just looks bald and ugly down in the paint which he should right <laughs> of course it, like that troll under the bridge which I've been hoping for years we were going to see out of JV which and, unfortunately yeah, never we come. haven't right so like in all honesty I just feel that. There's a lot of matchups. I think based on pedigree, yeah, I give Raptors the edge. But based on up and coming talent, I think. Excuse me, I think Milwaukee definitely. I mean, because even if Toronto does go past, um, even if Toronto does go past Washington in the first round. Uh, then, then who they run into? They under they're, run into they're running Cleveland. In, it's going to be Milwaukee or Milwaukee. Um, I think Milwaukee, because Milwaukee showed in the playoffs last year already that they're ready to make the next step. And it, unfortunately, when then that next step gets made, I'm sorry, Toronto fans, one team's going out. And when you take a look at the teams that improved to that didn't improve, and this is what's important, and who moved laterally, the Raptors went completely where I think that they got worse this year, not better. Yeah. And especially on the bench, right? Like, yeah. and, and again, I mean, the Raptors, we talked very about this young, inexperienced bench. three years ago, we both agreed that the Raptors... When, when people were talking about the Raptors as they were coming up and that, that really disappointing series with Brooklyn, um, the, the talk was actually about... The starters how, weren't carrying their weight. No, it was the sixth man. It was, it was, it was the bench that was the most important That's part of thing. this team. And we remember that we would start off poorly in first quarters... Then we would put the bench in. And it would outplay would, every bench in the league. Yeah, and then we would get, keep ourselves in the game and build up, come put back Put the closer. starters back in and yeah. go, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, that was, that was something that was indicative of Toronto Raptor basketball, that it got worse than the year after, and then the year after it got even worse. We didn't have, uh, what was his name? He went to Miami. He went to uh, play for Orlando. Uh, wait. Big, big, big man. Dwight uh, Howard? No, no, no. No, sure. Big guy. Big African name. Oh, uh, Bismack. Bismack. We didn't have a Bismack this year. You know what I mean? We didn't have a guy to throw in to be an answer to another team's answer. Yeah. Right? As I, my problem with the Raps isn't the fact that they don't have good players. My problem with the Raptors is the fact that they are what they are and everybody knows what they are and how to beat them. Yeah. Now, this is, the, this is my caveat. Mm. So the door is open for the Raptors, not only based on pedigree, because we know that there are teams that are coming out of the East that are just better than them. Absolutely. Uh, the, in this iteration. Yes. But if, to say tomorrow night in the opening game of the season for the Raps, DeRozan shoots six three-pointers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if he hits even more than two of them. So he goes two of six from three. Sure. If, I, if that starts becoming a normal thing... The Raptors become a better playoff. So I'm curious about this, okay? And and just bear with me. I get what you're trying to say, but I don't see that improving this team unless they get out of ISO play. So the big thing is that if even if you are ISOing, because then you can ISO with Kyle and nobody's sagging off of Demar. Yeah. You can ISO, or if you have Demar in an ISO, they can't sag off of him anymore to give him that shot. If you can, you can if you sit, have to respect the shot, you're hoping that the floor opens up in general. The floor is going to open up for everybody, including him. Now you have more options to move him out to the perimeter instead of running him off screens that are going to get him the ball down at the block because that's the only place he can shoot I, adequately I, 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 from. Now you can get him running off big, uh, you know, big scissor screens or big zipper screens where you're getting him up to the three point line. 
and then running pick and rolls off of that, and people aren't always coming under the pick and roll. People yeah, have to I get, over. I, I get that, but I do see a lot of Raptors basketball still because unfortunately well, it's we're, the market roll, I right? live in, and and and, I, and honestly, I would say that I I see a lot of times where he has the opportunity to take the three in his ISO. I I think my biggest problem is, is the philosophy of the Raptors. I feel that ISO is wrong because I don't think DeRozan is a superstar. I think that but his, I think his we've numbers seen it work with Houston. I sure. think we've seen it work with uh, Portland to a degree. Sure. Um, but again, very uh, Houston and Portland very deficient, like defensively deficient teams. The, which the so, Raptors are as of well. Of course. But if Toronto can, I mean, DeLon Wright, Norman Powell, they're making the parts of the regular rotation very defensive-minded guys. Good, yeah, which is an um, improvement. But Lowry, I think Lowry being healthy for a full season gives them a very defensive mindset. I think you've got a lot of young guys who are looking. But how long is how long time. is Lowry healthy? I know, I know. Right? Like, right? Honestly, so, like, so this is the doors open, but there's definitely I need to see that three point shot open, from opening Demar. Game if Demar like Demar suffers a, a Hayward style injury, that's it. Of course, that's it, right? But uh, but then but again, that's with Boston, problem, Boston host. was going to the finals right now. I, right? Honestly, I still don't see Boston being as done and derailed from because they have Kyrie Irving because they have some players that can fill some roles there I don't see them as being as deficient and then yet we jump on the Raptors train and we know that if 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 this was DeRozan it's game over for the Raps you know it what I really mean is. like which means if you shut down DeRozan it's game over well, for I the mean, Raps and, and that's and unfortunate really, of course and it really shows kind of the uh the level between the first tier and the second tier mm. teams in the NBA yeah um, I mean, the parody has just completely gone away in the past three, four years. We we can say that, but like again, let's be honest: the NBA has never been full of parody. It's been a two-team league since its inception. Yeah, it stayed yeah the Celtics, Lakers. There was the Knicks, the Bulls, right, Knicks, right, the Knicks, Pacers. Yeah. There was yeah, there was everything. Yeah, you've you've had very few distribution in terms of championship, yeah. the least in any of the leagues, and it's not like it's much younger than all of them either, right? So, so moving over to a league where we do have a little bit more parity, a lot I mean, more parity, right? I mean, the, the NHL is in full swing now. Yeah, it is. Um, and we're right in the middle of early prediction time. Oh man, there's there's some there's some teams that are ready to launch a parade, and there's some teams that are ready to sell the whole farm, right? Well, I mean, hey man, like we're 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 in the GTA. Yeah. Uh, where Works, which which I would like to one of the uh, sports broadcasters got kicked in the in the nuts for saying that Cleveland was the dumbest sports city, or sorry Philadelphia. Oh, yes. Philadelphia was the dumbest sports city for who they've ran out as coaches in terms of uh, oh, uh, yeah. you know running Andy Reid out to, to oh, KC. I loved Andy Reid, right? Man. Yeah, but like you you understand that Andy Reid has been one of the best coaches. And has never and years, had and years and years. And has never had a real quarterback. And how Philly is a dumb sports town and and the dumbest sports city in you know <laughs> what I mean? And I and the whole time all I could think was, yeah, you you obviously don't pay enough attention to Toronto. Because <laughs> in all honesty, if you want to talk about lack of daysical sports markets in terms of realistic expectations and the the dis the the Raptors over Warriors in five. Right, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There are legit Toronto Raptors fans that would argue that they'd rather DeMar DeRozan on their team than Westbrook. You know what uh, I mean? Of course. There, and there's... Uh, but I think you can find those people in any town, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. On the whole, Toronto coaches mm -hmm. are pressured by Toronto media who influence Toronto sports fans. Yeah. To a degree where they'll pick up one newspaper a week, read it for five seconds, and go... This is how I feel about the team as a whole now, and I'm going to watch one game, and they're going to lose, and I'm going to hate the coach forever. Well, yeah, and or, the, the, or I'm going to watch two games, and they win both of them, and I'm going to say that they're going to the finals. Or, or, or like for example, and I, I mean, I hate slaying all my Jays. I love the Jays. Don't get me wrong. They I have feel, holes I feel in their like, pitching, and they've had it for years and years. Right, and years like and years. this script of this year missing the playoffs is the script that uh, everyone saw coming. Of course, and, and, and if you did, but nobody wanted to admit no. it. If you admit it, it's almost like being unpatriotic to say that the the Toronto Blue Jays at the beginning of the season were not good enough to do as much as they did the last two years. They definitely which in, in, in all honesty, they got lucky to do because teams just kept throwing them enough balls to hit home runs with. Yeah, they're, I mean, their bullpen's been garbage for years. Mm -hmm. um, their starting rotation has holes in it and they overpay guys who 
just can't handle the workload. That and they and the reliant, relying on just being a home run team and that's it isn't enough in, in today's baseball. No, it just you isn't. need to play the metrics. Yeah. You can't always just swing for the fences. You need to be playing the metrics. You need to base hits now. win championships. Yeah. That's really what it is. And, and like, I mean, look, the Kansas City Royals did it, right? So like, I honestly feel like we've got this, this, this mentality, and I don't know if it's a Canadian thing because Canadian hockey fans are a whole other breed, man. And we believe in our teams whole. Do we believe, even when there's glaring weaknesses, you know what I mean? And it's like, or, or just took the